0: It's my husband. And he's my pastor. I'm always in awe when he preaches. You know, and I'm wondering, where did you get that one from now again? Sometimes I ask him, how did you know that? So I honor the grace of, of God upon your life. And the workings of his wisdom is just, I'm in awe of it. And I'm grateful to God that I have the privilege of being that close enough to watch it. Many years had passed and I didn't know the value of it. But I know that God has helped me to catch up with that knowledge that the access I have though I'm his wife affords me the opportunity to see beyond being his friend or his bedmate to receive an inheritance and the deposit of God. So I don't treat my relationship with him casually. I always trust God to switch from being somebody who needs attention, to someone who is listening to an instruction. Romans chapter 8 from verse we have been reading it Okay, let's just read from 28 to 30 and we know that all things work for the good of those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose for whom he foreknew he also predestined To be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined. These he also called. Whom he called. These he also justified. And whom he justified. These he also glorified. So when pastor said in one of the days. In the meetings. He said we are supposed to justify God. And I saw that it's God that justifies us. And he qualifies us to justify him. And justifying God is being able to live what God would have lived in the situation where you find yourself. That's the summary of what it means to justify God. To prove the quality of whom you have become. Can we go back to 29? It says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. There is a predestination and there is a confirmation. And there's a distance that needs to cover from predestination to confirmation. You were predestined. If you read the book of Psalms 139, it talks about how God formed you in your mother's womb. How he crafted you beneath the earth. How he he mixed you. How he formed your shape. How he customized you. Everything about you was deliberate. There was nothing about you that was a mistake. So yesterday, pastor said that you feel like, oh, um, the orchestration is that my parents gave birth to me. He said, but another way to look at it is that my parents found themselves because I was supposed to be born. So there is a predestination. You must come to agree that God loves you that much. And when Professor Costin was... Leading us in the last song that we sang. He says that it was an honor to be called and to be ordained. And like Pastor would always say, being chosen is a response to being called. So you choose to be chosen. But the call is not you that chooses to be called. When you are called, you have a response and that's what qualifies you to be the chosen. But confirmation to the image of Jesus is a distance, is a journey. After realizing your predestination. The journey from predestination to confirmation is the voice of the Lord. That's the journey from predestination to confirmation. After you have received the call and you have become the chosen of God. There is a journey that you need to take to arrive at conforming at the image of his dear son. The word of the Lord is the basic. Is the character of the word. But the voice of the Lord is specific. Is instructive. Is directive. The Bible says that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. There is what you need to know for your present situation, for the present action that you need to take. That's what the voice of the Lord is—is specific. The voice of the Lord is the part of his word that he breathes upon per time and you can just know the word of God but how do you know which one he wants to use at this time if you have not learned how to hear his voice you will not be able to make that transition you will not be able to have that privileged knowledge because his voice is a privileged knowledge and that privileged knowledge comes from Um, A closeness, uh, uh, an access into the mind of God. And Pastor did so beautifully well. I think it was here in Lefkosha when he talked about praying in tongues. That tongues is supposed to arrive at prophecy. That tongues is a searching of the mind of the spirit of God that carries Everything the bank of God is the spirit of God. So when you pray in tongues, you're searching, you're searching, you're listening until you enter into understanding, and then prophecy comes out. That's why I talked about. How um, if you enter into a certain place and you, you speak in tongues, they are not edified. But when you prophesy, it's a full understanding of what you have already prayed in tongues. Which is what you know marvels an unbeliever. Or the, the person who is just coming for the first time into the presence of God. And he hears the mind of God after the tongues have been translated into understanding in the form of prophecy. The voice of the Lord. The, let, let's read the scripture that says, um, there's a scripture that says, man shall not live by bread alone. It was when Jesus was in the Matthew 4, in the, in the, when the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. And Pastor is that example yesterday as well. And he said he saw a stone. And you know how some stones look smooth and, you know, shaped in a certain way. And he was already hungry because he had fasted. Or he was fasting. And he says that, turn this bread. The Satan told him, turn this bread into, this stone into bread. And just satisfy what you're feeling now. You know, just take a bite and another bite and, you know, just feel better. And he says man shall not live by bread alone. But by what? Every word that proceeds. So there's a proceeding word that's the voice of God. Is the particular breath that God is breathing at that moment. And yesterday pastor showed us the degradation of life from when Adam fell. And many times we do things and we just feel like it's just an action. But there's always a consequence that you might not yet see at the immediate. If you cut down a tree or you cut some branches, you know, um, um, you throw them on the floor, it will still look green for a while, right? Does it feel like this tree is dead? Not yet, but give it some time. Let's read John chapter 5. The voice of the Lord is. um, um, Let me give you an, an illustration. Now that I'm speaking, how are you receiving what I'm saying? Huh? By hearing. If you don't have ears that hear, God could be speaking and you're you're not receiving the message. The communication is incomplete when the receiver does not receive. So there's a manner of men that God is raising that are not just preservers, but people who go beyond preservation into knowing what God is doing at the moment. People who can give counsel and direction to save nations, to divert every kind of calamity that could fall upon a nation or upon a people or upon a family because they were able to hear the voice of God. He's shifting us from just being regular Christians. You go to church on Sundays. You go for midweek services. You go for fellowship or any programs. He's bringing you into an intimacy that affords you the opportunity, the privilege to be able to know what is the exact mind of God. To cause change. It's not just to know it and just chill and say I know what God is thinking right now. Every secret that the Lord releases to you is for something. He said that I know that Abraham will command his children. So there's an effect of what you know, um, what you heard. It's not just to hear it and just have a profile that you have heard God. That's why many times we hear prophecies and we're just chilling. We've heard the prophet, he prophesied. We're just waiting to see, okay, how is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? As someone who hears the voice of God, you're supposed to arise and say, Lord, what is my part to play in this to avert or to cause to come? Because there are those that God will need your participation to partner with him for that word to come to pass. So um John chapter 5, from verse 20, read from 24. Most assuredly I say to you. He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Is when you hear that you live. And yesterday we heard that there is a difference between existing and living. And the difference is hearing his voice. If you don't hear his voice, you will be like that story in the Bible that you read that sounds very boring. That this guy begat that and begat that and died. And that was the end of the story. There was nothing that was written about them that happened in their lives. They were regular. God is calling us out from being regular. He's calling us out from having divided attention. Because I sense that a lot of us want to do God. But there is, you know, this jostling between this realm and that realm. Between the world and between God. So you're you're, you're only following God based on convenience. Convenience. So when he says, arise and pray now. You feel I'm having a bad day, man. So I'm not, I, I, I'm not in the mood for that. But God's expectation is for you to break out of how you feel. Knowing the importance of that which you must apprehend. Many times we don't quantify that the kingdom of God is at stake by our actions. That the purposes of God is threatened Because we refuse to arise. Because we refuse to move. Because we refuse to make the adjustments and the transition. So, from the example that Pastor gave yesterday in Girney, he arranged like five people from, you know, the top step coming down. And he said the degradation of the fall of man happened like this. As generation passed, there was a degradation in quality and in span of time. So the quality of men were reducing. And you know what? Even nature was affected. So the quality of food was reducing. That's why we now have modified different kinds of food that ultimately has a consequence on your health. So there was a degradation. You know, scripture says that when man fell, he didn't just fall because he was in charge of other things. He was in charge of nature. So even nature was brought down and was subjected to vanity, not willingly because they were under the subjection of man. They were under dominion of man. So when man fell, they fell with man. So the degradation was not only to mankind, it was to creation. So a farmland that would usually yield a certain way has reduced what it would produce. The quality of everything is dropping, is dropping, is dropping. But we received hope yesterday that Jesus is the seed of God. And that seed is pure, incorruptible seed. And that affords us the privilege of a new beginning, a new start. And that's what the scripture is saying, also, that there is a living that you can you can pass from death to life, that you can arise from death, because it it, it 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 um alluded or um compared death to sleep, and ultimately there's going to be a death that is sleep, and there will be a voice that will call. It's a voice of judgment. And every man will give account of how they lived their lives afterwards. So in Genesis chapter 2, I think verse 17. Let's quickly look at that and we'll come back to this scripture again. It says, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely what? Die. The death here is the same with that death in John. Because when Adam and Eve ate of that tree, they didn't fall down to die. That's that same analogy I gave you about a tree that has been cut off. And it's dying, but it doesn't, know, it doesn't feel like it's dying because it still looks green, right? That was what happened to man. And man just felt life is still going on. Life is still going on. But he lost the voice of God. That's what Adam lost. He lost the voice of God. He still had the word of the Lord, but he did not have the voice of the Lord. So the hope that we have now is that if currently you are dead like Adam was, He was disconnected from the mind of God. He was disconnected from the thoughts of God. He was disconnected from the secrets of God. He was disconnected from what God was doing now. And you know that's the highest frustration of Satan. He doesn't know what God is doing. So that outer darkness is. Share complete. Ignorance. That's the punishment of Satan. He will never know the purposes of God. That's the darkness. There was a revelation that that uh, pastor shared one time. Many years ago. And he said about the story of Lazarus and that rich man. He said that the highest pain of man is not death. Ter- being thirsty and wanting a drop of water. Can a drop of water quench thirst in burning fire? It cannot. He said that thirst is the pain and the regret of separation. From the one from whom you were hewn from. From the rock that you were cut. That separation, that void, that emptiness of not being able to reconnect. With who gave you birth. That's the tu- That's the turmoil. That's the regret. That's the gnashing of the teeth. What is all going to be about. That you can never connect with God again. Because you have crossed the line. And that was what happened to Adam. He didn't know that he was going to be disconnected from the mind of God. From the heart of God. From the purposes of God. So he began to operate trial and error before now he could name the animals accurately and the bible says so were their names meaning their names were somewhere in god and adam was able to pipe the mind of god because he had the voice of god to be able to bring out the accurate knowledge of what they were supposed to be called by the nature of what the animal was because the, the names he called he called their nature it was the nature of, the, of, of those creations that he called out. And it was so in the mind of God. But after he died, God sent him out of the garden and it looked like, uh-uh, just leave us now, which kind of wickedness is this? But it was out of love. He sent them out. But there was never an access to his mind. It looked like life continued normally. And that's what many of us are in. It looks like life is just normal. Everything is fine. Everything is alright. I pray, I pray three times. The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. Is a Timer. It signifies time. It tells you what you must do within the frame of a certain time. So when Pastor was talking about orchestrations and obedience, it's the voice of the Lord that sets the timing of orchestrations. So to make the transition from being the chosen or the called and after knowing your predestination and your foreknowledge that God had about you before you came is not sufficient. You must make a journey at arriving at confirmation. Your everyday life must be littered with the voice of God to direct you on precision for everything you are going to do and become. Yesterday we heard about choices. And I felt like the intro I brought was what kind of diverted pastor's message. But you know, we read it that all things work together for them that love God and are the called. We talked about choices. When you have the voice of the Lord, you will not just make a choice. He will delay you. His voice can delay you and his voice can hasten you. It can delay you from a calamity that just lies right ahead. Sometimes you say, hey, but I, I just had this feeling. Something said to me. No, it's the voice of the Lord. And the bearer of the voice of the Lord in the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that customizes you into that picture that is in the mind of God as you are looking in the mirror. Because you don't have the ability to change by yourself. But there is one who was given, like he said. It is not good for me to be with you right now. I need to go because there is one. Who carries the yardstick. Who carries the blueprint. To be able to make you into that picture that you are beholding in God as you look in the mirror. The Holy Spirit is the custodian of the voice of God. He's the one who every day leads you. He's the one who every day. Pastor was saying something at one of the meetings and I just realized that this was my life. For many years now, I can't remember how many years now, I don't use an alarm clock. He wakes me up. He wakes me up right on time. Doesn't matter how late I slept. It doesn't matter the forces of nature. That wouldn't have let me wake up. When it's time to wake up, he wakes me up. And if you, if, if you don't have the fear of the Lord, there's no way you can acknowledge the voice of the Lord and maximize and hallow. Because many times that we run into trouble, it's not because God did not speak but you didn't have the ability to hear him. But you must pray and say, cleanse my ear. Give me a hearing ear. Give me a perceiving heart. Surround me with the fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is a manifestation of the spirit of the Lord. One of the manifestations. But if you don't fear God, if you are just casual, if you are just careless, if you are carefree, you will not be wanting to gather his voice. You know, there is a disposition that helps you want to know. So you are in that place where you are always disposed to want to know what he's saying. You don't have to be a preacher. Or a man of God or a woman of God to be in that state. You just need to be his friend. You just need to be close enough. You just need to love him so much you don't want to hurt him. You just need to love him so much you don't want to misrepresent him. Because that's when you justify him. When you hear his voice. Because everything that you are going to become or do. Will be on the basis of his voice that you have heard. Because how do you say someone should justify God? Is Is it a task that you can carry out? But it's a possibility in God. And the route to arriving there. Is being able to hear his voice. Is being able to build an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. That he becomes your best friend. That he becomes your closest companion. That you don't move without checking with him. He's the one who hastens you. He's the one who controls you. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And by the Holy Ghost. And we judge toss. So the, the love of God constrains us. Because we have received his love we judge that if the love is this much, how can I hurt him? How can I go without asking him? How can I choose without knowing that this is his choice? How can I break somebody when his mandate is to fix and restore? That's when your everyday action, decision, plans would align with the voice that you hear. He's calling us into a place where you're not dilly-dallying between if you want to really serve Him, if you really want to throw yourself headlong because you feel, I don't want to do too much. Mm, I'll just do a little. It's fine. I'll just make it to heaven. There's a predestination over your life. That's not all the story that was written concerning you before you came. Why do you want to just stop at the preface and feel like you are done? There is that which was written concerning you that you must fulfill. There is that that was conceived before you were formed in your mother's womb that you must become on behalf of the kingdom. How can you be satisfied with where you are at? It's because you have not seen it. That's why pastor kept on leading us. Show me what you know know about me before you brought me forth. What did you know about me? Why do you love me like this? Why are you so concerned about me like this? To the extent that the angel, the Bible says, one of the angels in the setting place testified that what is man? What is it now? That everything about God is all focused on man. The Bible says his mind is full of you. He's mindful of you. So God does not, God is seemingly jobless. All he's thinking about is you. Because he knows the deposits that he has made in you before you came. There's a picture of you that he sees that he's smiling at. And he's saying, yes, she's coming. She's coming closer to that image. But your everyday living is the culmination of what makes you arrive at that confirmation and fulfillment of what you were predestined to be. And the only one of the vehicles, one of the major vehicles will be the voice of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. And you know he doesn't speak outside of his word. Every word he speaks, he picks it out of his word. So he does not negate himself. He does not contradict himself. The very word of God says that he honors his word above. He is bound by his own words. I want to let you know that there are legalities in the spirit. You might just Look at the natural and just feel that's it. I'm okay. I'm fine. But there's an implication on your life. If you obey him or not. If you build that closeness with him or not. Every time you try to pray. And you are tired. And you quit or you sleep off. It's fine that you are trying and he's registering it. Don't think that God is wicked and he feels he just expects me to. No. Just continue. Keep that quest. Keep that desire. Because it's your desire that is being revealed in your show of wanting to know him and hear his voice. And when he deems it fit and says that yes, you really want me, he will reveal himself. He will show himself. He told Moses. I love you so much. You're my friend. And Moses said, if I'm truly your friend, like you said, show me your ways. I want to know you. I want to enter an intimate place with you where I know your thoughts, where I know what you're thinking, where I know your secrets, when I know What must be done now? He says, if I found favor in your sight, show me your ways. I want to know you. And this morning, I brought a deposit of that desire upon every one of you that you'll begin to crave for God. God. That you begin to desire God. That nothing will make sense to you until you find him. That you'll be desperate for him. How come you're desperate for things? And you're not half as desperate for God. I believe that this meeting is also an orchestration. An orchestration of his love to bring you into that depth. Where his voice becomes very familiar. It's not like a stranger's voice. The Bible says the the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Why? They have become so used to the voice of the shepherd. That's where he wants to bring you to. Where you are not second guessing or unsure. When you know this is his voice. And the psalmist says he leads me in the path of righteousness. How does he lead? By his voice. So if you are worried about sinning, the antidote for sin is his voice. Because before the sin becomes sin, when it's temptation, he will tell you what to do to change the route that will arrive at sin. He says that the dead will hear his voice and live. If you reckon that you are the dead, even though you are living and you're just existing and you don't yet have his voice. If you don't hear his voice, you are dead. You're not alive yet, but there's space for you to come alive. When you hear his voice, you will begin to live. I want you to raise a prayer. I don't know what you heard. I don't know what the words you heard did to you. I don't know what it triggered in the inside of you. Some of you feel like I'm not ready to do God full time. I'll do it later. You don't own your life. There's one who gave breath. And disobedience always cuts us out of the orchestrations of God. It leaves God seemingly helpless. It's only his mercy. That can bring you into that place. Where you are redeemed again. I want you to raise your voice. and Teach me to hear your voice. I don't want to live for myself. Teach me to hear your voice. Bring me into a depth with you. Bring me into a love with you. Bring me into an intense relationship with you. That causes my ear to be at your mouth's breath. Everything you say, I have the ability to collect. I can't hear you praying. Do you desire him? Do you desire him? If you don't even desire him, tell him, I don't desire you, but can you help me to desire you? Because it's a first step. It's a first step.